This week's episode of the Dianza Dialogues podcast is a April Fool's joke, and here we go. How 86's military is Luigi Cadorna of logistics, personnel, equipment, and actual equipment procurement. Subtitle, based in Cadorna Pill. Greetings all, it's me, Tom, and today I'll be talking, I'll be talking about Luigi Cadorna and May 86 and the basics of logistics, procurement, equipment, and personnel. There's pretty much about any of the previously mentioned topics, and one of in general, please turn it off now, because it'll only get worse for you from here. Aren't? Sit back, enjoy. Aren't? Sit back and enjoy this fake talk about logistics, personnel, and equipment, and procurement, and enemy, while simultaneously roasting Luigi Cadorna, the most incompetent general of World War One. I. I will note that I do, in fact, like the anime 86, but like any piece of media I like. I will criticize it to the living ends of the earth if it's his fiction. Part 1. Logistics Let's start with the Republic's logistics. The whole Republic's high, military high command attitude towards logistics and, their peop- and people in general is, well, what is that? That's for nerds. This is first seen with a lack of spare parts, which are important for the mechs, which are important to have things moving around for a period. Mechanized force. The second problem is that there's a lack of cargo capacity on Fido, which is problematic because the amount of supplies capable of being carried around, even if you discount food, fuel, and spare parts requirements, is severe because in one day of operations, assuming that the Behind Squadron, which is the main characters in 86, is the logistical equivalent of an American armored infantry battalion, which is a the same daily requirement for a squad being run, for the, for the battalion being run 600 tons of fuel, ammo, and spare parts. Sparing the spare parts, that leaves you with 550 tons of supplies. The problem here is that the main logistical unit in the in Spearhead Squadron, that Fredo, can at maximum carry around 20 tons if you double his carrying capacity on the box. The third problem is that there is no food towards the front unless it's for the literally impossible mission. This is a problem because even the most basic patrol soldiers, even for the most basic patrol, soldiers will carry food on them, even dating back to Earth's Younger's time in the trenches. This is so evident that even Luigi, even though I'm an artillery officer, I'm still gonna ignore my trade. Cadorna got this at least. The third logistical problem is that there was no transporting of any of the mechs to and from the front, which increased the wear on the mechs. So unfortunately, it's quite Cadorna esque because Cadorna probably doesn't really supply the most basic equipment to the logistics and infantry corps, the transports being unable to maintain their mechs. Transports being unable to transport their mechs. Like Luigi, not buying enough entrenching tools. You entrenching tools were the bread and butter of even the Asanzo front during First World War. Now, moving on to the Federacy's logistics. First thing I can say about the Federacy's logistics is that they actually tried to transport the equipment to and from the front. This is good because even the design requirement for armies have a form of logistical network for the armor is still a thing with the 
we have a requirement for the equipment to be transportable. When doing an airborne operation, the second thing I noticed is that when doing an airborne operations, the operations crew didn't drop enough supplies for more than two days. This doesn't make sense because airborne operations on such a scale shown in the in season two require that soldiers be equipped with enough equipment for more than two days of fighting. The reason why this is an issue is that an operation this deep and large requires that they be equipped for enough supplies to, for a week, at least with D-Day having at least one week of food, fuel, and ammo. Yeah, food, fuel, ammo, and supplies on American, American airborne soldiers. Part 2, Personnel. Starting off again with the in the Republic, soldiers don't really want to do this whole war thing, but must be but must do it. In an eerie resemblance to Cadorna's military, who according to Wanda Wilcox were put at best uninterested and at worst openly opposed. This is truly Cadorna Pilotin that the eighty six were just fighting because they knew that they would just die anyway, and rather go down fighting, which is ample but is but is absolutely terrible for morale. Soldiers were also disused as the Republic's meat shield and would, would be sent to the front to die. This resulted in the Spearhead Squadron, one of the most competent battalions of the next of the Republican Republic military, being used to go on suicide missions without even the hope of changing even the tactical situation. This is slightly better than Luigi. I gotta go get a dozen of battles of the Asans of Cadorna, because at least Cadorna tried to actually tried to push towards the Austrian front line while slaughtering his limited supplies of conscripts in the hope of changing the Asans of front. I made a mistake. I should have said worse. <laughs> I should. But I don't, in fact, have to give it to Luigi Cadorna who sent his men, who I'm pretty sure he hated because he sent his soldiers into the, on, out into Austria, Austrian machine gun fire 11 times during his nearly baker's dozen battles of the Asanza River. I mean, at this point, the Republic treats the 86 like that. Brannigan treated his soldiers in Futurama. If you kill enough of them, some of them will survive and complete the objective. They... They... Public just use child soldiers, which even Luigi, I may decimate my soldiers, but I don't do child soldiers. Cadorna didn't do, which is apparently, which just apparent, which apparently was just part of Republic policy, given how incompetent the Republic military was, to the point that they may, that may even border on genocidal. <laughs> Luigi Cadorna would, if he saw this, probably be proud of this because he allegedly used decimation as a punishment. Another personnel issue it was there were no personnel for infantry support for their armored pushes. pushes. This lesson is literally learned in World War One, and then relearned by the British in the British invasion of France in World War Two. Failure to adapt to even the most basic changes in the tactical environment. That just threw people at the problem with a problem without thinking about it. Side note, the planning process must have been no planning, just vibes, brah. In both the Republic and Italian military headquarters during World War I, 
until Luigi Cadorna got sacked. Credit where credit is due, at least Italy tried to place Cadorna before they got absolutely sacked, unlike the Republican season 2. Spoiler alert. At least, Federacy is slightly better in terms of personnel policy, with the first thing noticed is that it is policy to shoot that they shoot soldiers on wound if they are wounded. Which is weirdly Cadorna asked, but makes sense in the aggregate because if some, anyone gets captured by the robot board, they become another part of the collective computing power of the robots, which resets every time they get a new brain. This unfortunately makes them Cadorna ask but due to the fact that they were fight they due to the enemy that they were fighting. Another thing is that they didn't, they don't know how to adapt to the whole idea of trying to adapt to 86 tactics other than just throwing them at an end, the enemy, only after putting them through officer training. It's refusal to understand any of the 86's tactics, which work in the long run in terms of this. The only downside to the, to the doctrine, your head's fault, fault was that it drove their equipment harder. Another problem that was had was that they didn't have people who were proven to be combat effective being used as trainers, which is inefficient because even though most competent military because most competent militaries have their experienced veterans train the new people. This is the reason why you, this type this is the reason why you, they do the do this thing where the specialists end up training the new guys, hence the need for the E4 Mafia or senior NCOs. E4, the E4 Mafia is for when you need both an organized enlisted force and to quote a person on a Discord, on a Discord I'm in on, quote, if we're going to have enlisted <coughs> crime, it might as well be organized enlisted <coughs> crime instead. The need for the E4 Mafia is extremely evident in the way that Federacy is reliant on officers to lead their troops at the tactical level outside of Spearhead Squadron. Another problem the Federacy faces is that the Spearhead Squadron is somehow elite at not just the normal level training off that the force should have. It is concerning. As it is indicative of the lack of an equal mafia or NCO corps that is competent, which would allow for the officers to do officer things and not overly rely on the boot lieutenant. There is a reason why there is a joke about how, how boot lieutenants get lost and don't know how to use a compass. The problem with relying on the boot lieutenant is that they're inexperienced and don't know, what about, don't know about what they need to do in terms of the execution of doctrine or operation of the equipment. Part 3. Boom, overall. You know the drill by now. I'm going to start with, with talking about the military's issues with equipment. The first problem with their public equipment is that they underarm their mechs by using a 57mm cannon, which would be a significantly higher caliber, which could barely punch through a side of a World War II tank. Thunder is super important to highlight because it is only, it is unfortunately the only weapon on the ring leave. I'll be saying that word only that word mech when talking about the pieces of equipment because I'm terrible at German. 
and doesn't get improved on until the Federacy gets a hold of it. Another problem is was that no one in the Spearhead Battalion is trained on the whole maintenance thing, which is just a bundle of problems when it comes to the whole being combat effective thing. It was observed that tanks in World War II, which were maintainable, created an opportunity for them to be more likely to show up on a battlefield. The third issue the Republic has is that no one at any field combat operations unit can replace the mech's legs in the field. It's like being unable to replace track pads on a tank. One of the most basic things being track pad replacement. Fourth issue is fourth issue with the equipment in the Republic was that there was too little ammo for what they should have should be an auto cannon given the caliber of gun that was used on the mech, with the autoloader on there being able being fed only five rounds. For reference, the T-72, a Russian tank with an autoloader from the 1970s, has 23 round in, 23 to 45 rounds in storage. Fifth issue with the public's equipment was that it didn't really have a good turret with the gun being stuck permanently in one point, only moving vertically. This is an issue because they would have to turn their mechs to face the target in a way that is similar to the Sturm through the Stug or the STV 103. They are using tank destroyers for tank roll. Sixth problem was that there seemed like there was no real plan of sustainment of the equipment because Fido couldn't carry everything that they need carrying quantity. The final problem was that they keep on getting their equipment jacked by outside countries. At least this time, they're not getting their, their equipment jacked by dudes on skis or on tractors. Now moving on to the Federacy's problems with equipment and their effects to fix, efforts to fix them. First, this is first seen with the Federacy trying to do this whole reusing of other countries' equipment, even after being told, yeah, that's terrible, and here's why it's terrible. This is both a good and bad idea, because sometimes your equipment can be either better than your opponent's equipment can either be better than your equipment or it is just terrible. This is seen with the French Pan this is seen with both the French Panther and the Chinese copy, the A9 Sidewinder. Shout out to the Taiwan Straits Crisis. <laughs> Another thing the Federacy tries to improve on is that the Federacy tries to improve the equipment. It goes through form of acquisitions process with them doing testing evaluation. It, with, trying to do testing evaluation with the Spearhead Squad and giving feedback on the mechs that they were driving. The feedback given by the squadron, Spearhead Squadron said that their equipment was underarmored and underarmed, which was somewhat followed up by the modifications to the mechs. One thing I can say about the Federacy military is that it at least tries to perform quite a form of guidance regarding maintenance and use of equipment Spearhead Squadron is using by telling them to not be so aggressive driving their, regarding the driving techniques due to maintenance concern. It is any wonder 
why they have this lecturing because Spearhead Squadron didn't have to maintain their mechs up until this point, which maintaining them would be standard operating procedure at this point. Yeah, I'm sorry, but the maintainer's right on this one. By doing this, you're earning your <laughs> by doing this, you're earning yourself a Gadorna. Congrats, you played yourself. Shane Nelson should be given a massive amount of paperwork regarding this because he is. Because, like any person in command responsibility, he should be careful about how he drives his mech and, de and also deal with the paperwork associated with his rank. Unfortunately, most officers don't do the whole lead from the front thing in terms of beyond the ranks of O5. Ranks of O5 and up, and end up doing a Bork. Janae shouldn't be driving the vehicle. He should instead be writing doctrine with his level of experience in officer school education. Part 4. Procurement. <sighs> Public procurement problems. Clearly no testing and evaluation process was being done on the Mac. Let's just say that straight out because the process of the military is has explicit rules against this thing in Army Regulation 70-3. This is even worse than Cadorna, because at least Cadorna had the idea of being so backward as to be able to maintain, as to have his men be able to maintain their equipment with their assumed terrible education. <laughs> U.S. military tries to get away with this with best practices being that the existing technologies are implemented in a way that makes sense, as seen with the DGG-51 series and the M4 Sherman's design. Because it would be able, because, at least for the Sherman, it would be able to operate anywhere from the many places using existing technologies, such as the 75mm from the Grand. The penultimate big oof the public makes regarding procurement is that they acquire the whole system without thought of how they're supposed to deal with how it's supposed to support their advanced mechanized unit. The final big oof is that there's no thought how to deal with the idea of combined arms operations, which is what actually works instead of just one arm 
of the various arms of operations doing everything. This problem is further impacted by the fact that the Republican High, high Command is just perpetually hammered and doesn't really seem to care. <laughs> Godard upheld it because he didn't really seem to care about his soldiers and doesn't understand, didn't understand the whole idea of combined arms warfare. Despite being trained as an artillery officer, because apparently this whole idea of command combined arms warfare and winning is for wimpy nerds. A bit of a, how to see, a bit of a side note here. It's even worse. It's even worse because they basically, because the military decides to fire 2G mode. Um, the only competent per person in command because he because she was trying to do a competent command things like calling in certain artillery support. Side note over. Confederacy was flawed, but somewhat competent. At least the Confederacy listened. That's just we actually did a pretty good job. And since this is this main episode is mainly meant to mock Luigi Cadorna and the Republican eighty six, I think it should be cut off here. I mean, to, to do this, I will go further on this in the lecture notes. Five conclusion. In eighty six was the Luigi Cadorna of military's anime sci fi. Even Nerve from even Gellion wasn't this incompetent. That's an entirely different episode, which I could do, but I can't do on this podcast. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk on logistics, procurement, personnel, and equipment. Shout out to the E4 Mafia. Anyway, to conclude this, this was a prank episode of the Dianza Dialogues written and should not be taken remotely seriously to represent any form of view, opinion, or anything related to Dianza. This episode was written by, produced, and edited by me, Tom Dudley. April Fool's dweebs.